This episode is sponsored by Kangaroo Jack Fitness. Personal training that goes above and beyond to get the best results for you. How are the potatoes? Yeah, just about to chop the bastards. mini culmination of the team of the millennium we've got everyone bar alan because of work commitments on here so we're going to head straight into possibly the most controversial thing we've done in a while tim this is your baby so uh tell us what what's the team looking like in the first place and and just yeah let let hell break loose yeah i'll come to ryan in a second don't you worry um (laughs) basically if you haven't been following we've been doing team of the millennium which is uh, so we're picking the best players since 2000 uh, the team currently stands at uh, Buffon in goal, centre-backs are Maldini Ramos, right-back Dani Alves, left-back Philip Lahm, uh, centre-mids Xavi and Zinedine Zidane, right-mid Messi, left-mid Ronaldinho, and the two strikers are Cristiano Ronaldo and Brazilian Ronaldo. Um, that's what we've got so far, managed by Sir Alex Ferguson. Seeing as there are four of us on the episode tonight, I thought we'd go through and each in turn sort of discuss friendly our issues with the team. Ryan. <laughs> um yeah i mean a a couple of things um we we discussed this um briefly i think in this sort of the message group we have um between us um who are all featured regularly um i feel like the formation thing should not be stuck to as rigidly as it should be like this fourth one two thing because um it's sort of like a bit of an outdated way of playing um, in my opinion, like you don't see <laughs> top teams playing four four two, so why we have to shackle these um, absolute demons of players? <laughs> personally, I'd probably play a some sort of diamond midfield. I've re- revised my team personally. He's a right back. He's a really good right back, and he was a re- very good Germany captain. But he's a right back. Um, so I'd have probably gone for Roberto Carlos over him. Then um, I then had McAlele, Claude McAlele at centre midfield, purely because of his, well, people, he's had like a whole tactical position named after himself. Um, Xavi and Iniesta in midfield, Zidane attacking midfield, and then um, Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo up front. But that was the sort of, that's the second revision of my team that I've done personally, because I've not really featured on this part. Um <laughs> Distancing himself. Yeah, that was my own thoughts. Obviously, I, I was thinking a couple of big omissions. I was thinking about maybe Thierry Henry as well as an omission. I felt like he, he sort of like his levels he got to at Arsenal. Um, and obviously, like I said, about um, maybe bringing Xavi and Iniesta in because they seem to work well as a duo rather than just one or the other. All valid points. Um... <laughs> 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 uh, well, well, we'll come back to the formation issue in a minute. Tom, have you got any outstanding issues with the team as it is? Uh, I would. I agree with Ryan that Lam's playing out of position. So I would put Lam at right back, and I would put. I'd um, play. I'd drop Alves, and I'd put Roberto Carlos in. And I'm bearing in mind I was on the podcast where we chose the wing backs. 
So I admit this, this, this was my own fault. Um, I just think Lam has had a better career than Alves. So I think that's why they supersede each other. And um, I agree. I think my only problem with the whole team is we seem to have chosen people who had very, very good up to 2008. Uh, and, <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely susceptible to recency bias. Um, but I think that maybe Ronaldinho isn't as good as we thought he was. Uh, and actually, he was probably a great talent at a time when there wasn't a lot of talent. And we've, we've probably witnessed better wingers since then. Um, I'm not sure who they are. Um, <laughs> um, but I would also play Messi up front with Ronaldo. I think um, he's played the majority of his career in the, in the millennium now as a as a false well as as an, a more of an attacking threat and, and closer to a striker than he has as a as a right midfielder or whatever we put him as um yeah those are my only admissions i think everything else is fine i think ramos is actually ramos probably has the best case for the most consistent player throughout um but yeah that, that, those are the only changes understandable danny the ronaldinho one He's right in his nostalgia bias, to be honest, because I just love watching him play football, but whether or not he's the best winger. I'm not, I like the idea of Messi going up top instead of um, Brazilian Ronaldo, who was great, but did only play up to his best until, what, like 2007. Throwing one in there, Iron Robin. I know he's probably not the best right winger in the world, but bloody hell, he's, he's literally known for his ability to cut inside. And everyone knows what he's going to do, and he's done it consistently for quite some time at Bayern. He wasn't as good at Chelsea and Real Madrid, but he's been a pretty solid player, so he could have a shout to go in there. Um, Fabio Cannavaro, I think, should probably go in there. And and I'm going to go with, although I like Roberto Carlos as a left-back, I would I would maybe shift uh, Cannavaro in for Maldini and then maybe put Maldini in for Ca- Carlos, but I think even me saying that out loud now, I realise Carlos was probably more suited to a team of the 2000s. So at a left-back, because Maldini, towards the end of his career, became a centre-back. So I would say Cannavaro in for Maldini because he had more of an impact in the whole 2000s and then Roberto Carlos at left-back. But for me, Dino stays. Just try to insert your Italian bias in there without anyone noticing. (laughs) Um, Right, so the first thing we'll address is formation then, is... Do we think we should change it? I mean, the original the reason it was selected was because it makes sort of the picking of Ronaldo and Messi a little bit more interesting. And admittedly, 4-4-2 was used for quite a large period of sort of the, well, the early 2000s, but it definitely now has shifted to maybe a more emphasis on a 4-3-3 or, uh, as Ryan said, a diamond. So, um, Ryan, you'd prefer a diamond? Um I'd prefer something maybe like four. I think actually thinking about like the whole sort of like now to the year 2000 looking backwards, I think probably the, the ideal formation, the most sort of one that's been used the most is probably four, two, three, one. But then obviously that brings its own problems in terms of trying to fit players into that. Um, but yeah, probably either that or maybe four, three, three because of sort of like the, the most successful teams seem to have played those formations. Like you think of like Barcelona when they were like were winning the Champions League and the Guardiola, like they were playing like a four, three, three. Um, maybe with like Messi's withdrawn role, like you think about the Spain team of um, 
Spain team of like sort of like 2008 to 12 um, and they all sort of seem to play like these really like 4-3-3, 4-3-3-1 formations. So I feel like that would be better in terms of more accurate for the period. Um, but obviously then that brings its own problems with trying to fit players in as well, like the 4-4-2. Yeah, well, we can we can change the players around a bit. Tom, do you think 4-3-3 is in the depth formation? Uh, yeah, due to like Barcelona sort of playing there and sort of all variations now with one striker do seem to... Uh, Sort of based on 4-3-3? I think if we change this to 4-3-3, we need to change the manager to Pep Guardiola as well. Yeah, yeah I'd say that like original yeah. Mourinho because of his impact like when he first got into Chelsea. Mm. Like he played 4-3-3 as well, so like that's, that's yeah, very similar. Uh, yeah. I... Danny, do you think we should go with 4-3-3? It seems like the general consensus has shifted to 4-3-3, so yeah, let's, let's go with it. And, and as much as it pains me to agree with them, if, if we are going to shift to a 4-3-3, then... I mean, the man master of that was Pep Guardiola, so might as well shift him into manager role as well. Yeah, let's go with that then. So, 4-3-3 managed by Pep Guardiola. Um, presumably then, are we taking Ronaldinho out? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. I think two of us are sort of saying no. I mean, Tim, you haven't had an input on Ronaldinho. Are you sort of pro or anti-Ronaldinho in any way? I think, I mean, Ronaldinho is probably my second favourite player ever, but you have probably convinced me with his nostalgia bias being that um, he, he, he looked incredible when playing, but I think you're right, there wasn't anyone sort of, you know, starring at that sort of time. And uh, there are players that would probably fit into a team better and do a better job for the team. Um, so as much as it pains me to, to say, I think you're right, we should probably take Ronaldinho out in favour for another centre midfielder. I feel like the Robin shot was interesting as well, because I feel like Robin was like... He was probably maybe like one World Cup away from being considered like a truly really elite player. Like you think of all of his like mm-hmm. trophies, one answer, like a Bayern, um, and obviously won the Champions League as well. And you think like actually, yeah, you're looking back on it, if they would have won maybe the 2010 World Cup final or got through the semis in 2014, he might have had a case for sort of being like a world like a truly like memorable player. That's, that's quite an intro. I didn't even consider that. I just it, it kind of it hit me when um, I can't remember when we were talking about it a week ago. But you said Claude Makélélé deserves to be in this team because he had a position named after him. And then I thought, well, in a similar vein, Iron Robin is known for his ability to cut inside and then finesse it top bins. And yet he he seems to have gotten better with age as he's done that. Mm. I mean, it, like, he he was literally a one on one chance with Cassias away from winning the World Cup. And if he puts that in, things might have been different. It does, it does help that he was shit at Chelsea, though. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone looks better when they've had an absolute torrid time under Mourinho. That's a fair point. <laughs> too. Um, so, if we look at the attackers then, with uh, a three up front, do we go sort of Messi's a false nine, Ronaldo on the left, and Robin on the right? Or do we put Ronaldo up front, Messi on the right, and another player at left wing? Tom, what do you think? I think he's most effective down the middle, Ronaldo. Um, yeah. I think especially in the last sort of the seasons before he left Real Madrid for for Juventus, he was a, he's a central striker, um, ability in the air, quality. I'd, I'd think you'd play him in the middle. Um, I wouldn't put any restrictions on Messi. I'd let him run loose. Uh, but for the sake of the feature, <laughs> right wing. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I'd play. I'd, I'd play him left wing. I think. No? And then Robin at right? I'm not, are we actually putting Robin in? This is outrageous. <laughs> I mean, no, Robin was the interesting part. I probably wouldn't put him in, but I would, it just made me think. Like, no. It was like an actual, like an interesting point that Danny made. Yeah. I thought I'd I just get, want to highlight it. I get it, yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Who's, who goes at right then? I'd be tempted to play left wing and then Messi on right. Oh, that's a great shout, actually, because he played at left wing for Barcelona, that's didn't he? It's um, like Barca front three with, with Henri, with, like, apart from Eto, obviously, because of uh, Ronaldo being better. Um, yeah, I just think that. No, I think personally that would work. I mean, like I say, you think of like prime Henri, and he was just like, he's probably the second best striker I've seen play in the Premiership behind maybe Aguero in terms of like sort of like recent strikers I've seen in the 2000s in the Premiership and obviously like Kane is up there but obviously he's still got a long way to go um, and Ronaldo when he was playing like as a striker but uh, sort of like left wing striker for United but yeah I think Henri maybe but be interesting what you say about that Danny? Yeah I think you could probably argue that Thierry Henri had the biggest impact on the Premier League from any foreign player coming into it bar maybe Ronaldo but Can- Cantona he, he... De Canio yeah well, just you probably yeah. in the two thousand in the two thousands on re- for that, but yeah, just in the two thousands. <laughs> yeah, no, but for, for the two thousands, there are very few players that have had an impact on any league, like Henri did when he came into it. So, yeah, I, I'd be happy to put Thierry Henri um, at left wing, Messi at right wing, and then uh, big CR seven up top. That's that's fine. So with omitting me. omitting Brazilian Ronaldo. Um... Yeah, in in a one striker formation. As much as Ronaldo was a devastatingly good player, it's a team of the 2000s. You can't not put Cristiano Ronaldo instead of him. He's just been better. As well, um, I'd probably say out of all the strikers Real Madrid had, like just taking the 2000s, I'd probably say maybe like Raúl would be challenging Ronaldo as well. I mean, like I feel like mm. Ronaldo has he was really exploded on the scene like the late 90s. Yeah, um, and then obviously he sort of redeemed himself a bit after the what happened in the 98 final with 2002. But then he was always troubled with like knee injuries and, and issues. He was never really the same player after about 1999 um, when he did his cruciates in Inter Milan. So I'd probably say maybe even he wasn't the best striker Real Madrid had in the 2000s. So therefore it has to be Ronaldo, like Portuguese Ronaldo. Fair so that's, that's our front line done. Henri, uh, Ronaldo and Messi. Midfield. Now, are we keeping Zidane in there? Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, 100%. I'm going to go overall yeah. McAuley with Zidane. I have to. Like, Zidane's just so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you accept that. So, who are other two then? Uh, I think the obvious shot would maybe be Xavi and Iniesta. Uh, we mentioned Pirlo in the episode as well. Um, Danny, I know you want that from an Italian point of view. Yeah, I, I mean, if we're going to go for t- two players to work perfectly alongside each other, I've got no qualms for Xavi and Iniesta. As much as I love Pirlo, those two played in possibly one of the best sides of the 2000s, if not the best, in that Barcelona team. And and alongside Messi were pivotal. I'd also say if... And he's not going to get in the team, but Wesley Schneider is probably the Danny closest midfielder to win. come from? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... Wesley Schneider was, was the closest player to winning the Ballon d'Or midfield-wise. Yeah. Um in a long time and probably the closest player to breaking that like Messi Ronaldo stranglehold on it. And, and I feel like he could, if he'd maybe been more consistent for a few more years, he could be in this team, but yeah, no, Xavi Iniesta got no qualms. No, Kaka, who was before Modric, the last player to win the Ballon d'Or before Messi and Ronaldo. I feel like Kaka's decline was way too steep. Like he pretty much had that incredible few seasons with Milan and then joined Real Madrid and injury problems, unfortunately fucked him, but he basically fell off the side of a cliff and then has done or did nothing in Orlando for, for quite some time. Yeah. Tom, anything to say? Oh, Brian. 
Um, yeah, I'd probably, like, originally I had Kaka in my team as well, but then thinking about, like you say, about when his career sort of took a bit of a nosedive after he left Milan, even though he left for Madrid, because he was, like like Danny said, like, injured for a fair bit and obviously sort of struggled um, to adapt as well um, slightly. But yeah, though those like three or four years when he was at AC Milan, if he would have kept that up for like a decade, then there'd have been no doubt. But unfortunately, like I say, he just didn't didn't really happen. Tom, anything to add? Just it's amazing, really, that it's all it's all Brazilian players we're getting rid of, and they all seem to have it's, we, they all seem to have this point in their career where they have sudden dips. Like Ronaldinho, mm. obviously, we don't discuss, but Kaká as well, and even Fat Ronaldo, they have there's almost like a year, and then they just fall off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I no, I'm agree. I, I, the only thing I'd be worried about with the Xavi, Iniesta, Zidane, trios is incredibly attacking. Um, but yeah, it's like you need a French holder midfielder. <laughs> yeah, Kante. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I'm, I'm saying if if we're comparing our team to Yaya Torre's team, we're yeah, fine. Absolutely. We've got we're, our our midfield is defensive. Yeah, Iniesta now. plays the holding midfield spot. Um, yeah, we just don't know how Messi is centre mids. Um, so just for the sake of it, positions wise, we're playing Xavi at the base of midfield, Iniesta on the left, Zidane on the right. Yeah, I'd probably play Xavi and Iniesta next to each other and push it down a bit further forward, like 4 Yeah, proper yeah. attacking. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Ryan. I think that's the best way to use him. Yeah. All right, sorted. Now, if we move on to the defence, then so. We'll go centre-backs first. Um, Daniel, you said you were pushing for Cannavaro to replace Maldini at centre-back. I'll be honest, either of them is great. but um, I, I, Maldini, yes, won a Champions League um, in the 2000s with Milan. Two Champions Leagues in the 2000s with Milan. Um, Cannavaro won a World Cup with Italy and was bloody important as well as, as Italy conceded, I think, three goals in that World Cup, two or three goals. Um and then signed for Real Madrid and basically was one of the best centre-backs. And very unlike Sergio Ramos, who would be next to him, Ramos, incredibly important at both ends of the pitch. Like The amount of important goals he scores, um, especially in the Champions League finals that Real Madrid have won over the past few years. Whereas Cannavaro is just like purely defensive. And he's a really small which makes it even more impressive. Indeed. Uh, Tom, are you happy with Cannavaro to replace Maldini? Yeah. I, like I said, defensive player won um, the Ballon d'Or. That's so rare in itself, probably needs to be recognised. But they both retired at similar times. They both had similar impacts on the game. But yeah, I'm happy to go with Cannavaro over Maldini. All right, that's sorted then. Uh, now, if we go left back first. So currently, Philip Lahm, as has been mentioned several times, he's not a left back, he's a right back. Um, do we replace him with Roberto Carlos or Paolo Maldini then uh, as Danny mentioned probably a shift over to the left uh, Tom? I'd go Bobby Carlos I think but uh, un- un- under the premise <laughs> under the premise that Lam takes over Alves's place at right back I would back that as well yeah I think I'd probably rather that as well to be honest I think I mean, Philip Lam this is underrated as well Philip Lam could also play a central defensive midfield mm. role Playing right back because he was that. <laughs> he could also play left back when Bobby Carlos. They know he fucks off at the pitch for, a, for an open. <laughs> Don't mention left back. We've just taken him out of left back. <laughs> I think that's why we put him in. I have a feeling that's why we put him in. But uh, I, yeah, it probably was. I think I think that makes the most sense in terms of 
Danny, I mean, is there, you, would you prefer Maldini? The, my only issue with it is it's really difficult. Was Maldini didn't really play left back towards the latter part of his Agreed. career, so so would be unfair to put him at left back because most of his good left back work was in the nineties. But then, and I can't believe it, but Roberto Carlos is almost identical to Kaka. After he left Real Madrid, Fenerbahce, Corinthians, Anzi, Delhi Dynamos, like his career basically dropped off a cliff after that. And granted, he was old, but he only played to 2007 at a high level. Can we really put someone in at left back who's only played seven so years? Who, who so, because if you think about it, Maldini, you can exclude Maldini on the same grounds because he only played in 2007, but as a centre back. Who who else is there as a top class left back? Really? I know, I, mean, you I know where he's going with this. Ashley Cole, pa- Patrick Van Arnold. <laughs> I mean, the one I was going to go with does play in a red top. Um, Charlie Daniels is really good. In this. <laughs> he's he's so much. promotion career. He got that silver in form on FIFA, and it was just banging. Uh, we're actually going to put James no. Milner there for his versatility. <laughs> no, I'm, to be honest, I, I I'd probably say Roberto Carlos. Left Ashley, back is a really Ashley Cole's difficult a good point, one. Though. Like yeah, he, yeah. he was the best Ash- left back in the world for a very long time. Yeah, I think his he was probably a bit his career mode had a bit more longevity than the other two. Not by much because he did sort of go to Roma and drop off. But like he was like you sort of knew as a right winger if you came up against him playing for Arsenal Chelsea that you weren't going to get past him. He was that good defensively, um, and especially in a team that we've just mentioned is very attacking. It is definitely worth a shout. And Ashley Cole did play for Crystal Palace, so it's basically like putting Patrick Van Arnholt in there. Did Ashley Cole play for Crystal Palace? He did. 14 appearances there on loan go. from Arsenal in 2000. <laughs> so it's there. It's all coming together. <laughs> I think just when you compare like Ashley Cole to Roberto Carlos and Maldini, though, I just don't think his quality just isn't quite the same. Um, like I, I'm quite happy saying he's the third best left back sort of to have played, but. I don't think that you can quite compare him to the other two, which is why I'm hesitant to actually go for him. But but the issue now is because, and I can't remember if it was it was Tom who just said Ashley Cole. If you look at Ashley Cole's career, he before he dropped off, so we'll assume 2016 is the point where he dropped off because that's where he left Roma. He basically played solidly from 2000 to 2014 at a decent level. Maybe not the Crystal Palace <laughs> year, but but. He was part of the Arsenal Invincibles. He was possibly the best left-back in the world at Chelsea. Like you said, no one got past him. And he fills all the criteria. He's played since... Well, he's played the majority of the 2000s up until two years ago at a high level. So is that good enough to get in over Roberto Carlos, who dropped off in, like, 2009? Yeah, I think if England maybe would have won a trophy in the 2000s as well, it would have added more, um, sort of, like, like, more to his cause. But I'd probably, yeah bringing it up now I'd probably I'd probably back the even though I hate him as a person because mm. he's a <laughs> truly terrible personality um, but um, yeah I'd, I'd back Ashley Cole into the left back zone Tom uh, I, I'd certainly I'm, I'm scouring the internet as we speak to try and find like top five lists of left backs and everyone's <laughs> putting Maldini as a left back so um, I, 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 I think yeah I think he is I think when when I when I started watching the Premier League properly, when it used to be called the Premiership, he was the best left back at Arsenal and at Chelsea in the whole league. Like there was no there was no one even comes close to him. I think we've made a decision there. Now out of nowhere, Ashley Cole takes the left back spot. 
Um, I, I did not see that coming, going to be honest. Um, if we move over to um, right back then. Philip Lahm. Philip Lahm? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was easy. Uh, <laughs> Which means we, we've purged every Brazilian <laughs> out of that squad. They're unreliable. Yeah. They're, they're fun. <laughs> There's no flair in the team anymore. So we've got Messi, we don't need that. Um, I think we've got it then. After several weeks and a lot of arguments. Um, Hang on. Um, I'd like to throw the one final spanner into the works. Oh, uh, it's in the form of a small Spanish goalkeeper called Ica Casillas. Oh. We did go through this on the very first episode, though. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just feel like, I don't know, this, this whole his, his decline going to Porto has been a bit overplayed. I mean, if we're going to knock him down for points for doing that, then we should also knock Buffon for going and playing with a load of uh, peanut farmers in France. <laughs> <laughs> but but Buffon didn't absolutely fuck one up for the boys and uh, concede five goals to Holland. Why the fuck am I talking about the Netherlands so much? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited about Ryan Babel coming to the Premier League again. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. yeah. I don't, it's very close there, but I feel like Casillas. I don't know. It's just more of a sort of an era defining goalkeeper. Even though Buffon, maybe it's personal bias again with that Spain team that I rate so highly. But um, yeah, that was the only thing I was thinking of. But yeah, I'm happy to stick with Buffon. It's just I feel like the Casillas Buffon thing is still up for debate over the next couple of years. That's fair. Uh, I think I think because we went with Buffon in the in the first episode, I think we'll keep him. Um, yeah. I think that's probably the most contested position we've actually got is goalkeeper. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> so there we go then. After not as many arguments as I thought we're going to be, um, we finally have our team of the millennium. So to run through it one more time, Gianluigi Buffon in goal, centre-backs uh, Sergio Ramos and Cannavaro, left-back Ashley Cole, right-back Philip Lahm, the three in midfield, being Zidane, uh, Xavi and Iniesta, and front three of Henri on the left, Ronaldo at striker, and Lionel Messi at right right wing, coached by Pep Guardiola. What a bloody good team that is. Right, so that's our team of the millennium. If you have any ideas for any other sort of best 11s we can do, remember get in touch with us on Twitter, gametime underscore pod, or you can message us on Gmail, gametimepodcast1 at gmail.com. But for this little mini episode, it's goodbye from me, Tim. Goodbye. Bye. See you later, Ryan. See you later, mate. See you later, listeners.